The Insurance Brokers Podcast is brought to you by Sarah Myerscoff of Boston Tullis. Welcome to the Insurance Brokers Podcast with your host, Sarah Myerscoff. This business podcast is for ambitious brokers determined to grow their business. Our guests are highly experienced industry experts and innovators. This is the place to leverage their success, learn how to break through barriers to growth, and discover a community of support and ideas whilst growing your business. Good morning, Richard and Mark. Thank you so much for joining me uh, today, third time lucky, on the Insurance Brokers Podcast. It's great to have you both here. Thank you very much. Thank you for the invite. Thanks, Sarah. So what I'm quite interested to know about is you guys, your background and how Arden Insurance came to be uh, and what your objective for the, for sort of the business is. So I don't know if you want to take it in turns and give me a bit of background about yourself. I'm Richard Miller. I head up the trade credit political risk insurance offering at Arden. Um, recently joined, Arden is a, is a relatively new startup and Mark will give you some more information around that. Prior to that I was at PIB um, and prior to that at Miller where Mark and I worked together first of all, um, having worked together at Miller and PIB and now Arden um, and um, we provide trade credit, political risk and surety solutions to a range of clients um, of all different sizes in various industry sectors. Um, so we are industry and science agnostic, it's all about providing the solution for the client. Excellent. And, and my name is Mark Hicks. Um, I helped uh, set up Arden back in October 2019, 2020. Sorry. Um, Arden are part of the Willis uh, Insurance and Risk Management Group based out in Belfast. Uh, it's a family run company, it's been in existence for over 40 years, and Arden was set up to be the London offering for the group. My role is regional MD of Arden and I also help support the leadership of our retail offering around the country from, from some of our other subsidiaries. So Arden, soon to be hopefully a Lloyds broker, a London broker, is uh, our wholesale arm and our specialism arm of which Richard leads our trade credit uh, offering. But we've also got a significant financial lines wholesale offering as well. Um, yeah, so it, it complements the group's retail um, uh, a strategy as well. Fabulous, and the 2019-2020 void is, is one that all of us, it's like 2020 didn't happen but also was the longest year in history ever. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Crazy. So, okay, so Arden is relatively new uh, and quite exciting times because uh, I've heard of a few different um, industries and a lot of entrepreneurial startups going on in the world now, particularly post-COVID. What was it that drove you guys? Do you remember the conversation where you were like, huh, we should do this? What was it that drove you and what, what sort of are you solving for, I suppose, in the industry uh, as you see it? There's a room for a boutique, a, you know, highly experienced uh, broker, that um, has the experience of the larger organisations, the same quality of people and capabilities, um, but done in a much more smaller, family, nimble, client-centric way. The vision is that we can be a national broker um, with some great people and, and a similar offering in, in, uh, against some of our larger competitors. When you're, um, so you soon to be Lloyds Brokers, are, are, is your client base UK only or, or, or are you sort of do you have global plans? 
I think it's um, it's a mix of both, um, predominantly UK, but the ability on the wholesale side to to work with uh, brokers and also clients outside of the UK. Um, I think that by being UK centric, that's our our main focus is to to help UK companies, especially on the trade credit side, that are looking to to sell and export, and the challenges that they have coming up in the future on, on that side but also as well to help overseas brokers access the Lloyd market, access the yeah. market. Um, and also as well, working with clients overseas, we do have some clients that, that are based overseas already. Um, and from our side, it's, yeah. it's about providing that solution. And yeah. London and Lloyd's being the center of the insurance world, you know, we're, we're perfectly positioned to be able to do that. So, so talk to me about the market in general terms so what is it that you guys are filling what what specifically additional to sort of family run expertise where where are you going with your objective and and how did you get there i think for us i mean we 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 um absolutely see consolidation all the time there's there's room for it people are doing very well out of it and 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 clients aren't suffering and and that's a, a great model for some people for us, we there is there is a gap that was held by by the Jelfs and the Bluefins in in days gone by, where you had a national presence, um, where you had a wide offering to clients at a kind of local level, but also was able to to widen that offering to additional services such as claims and risk management, um, of which we have in house as well. So it's really we're kind of regressing slightly to become that kind of regional broker that has you know London presence indeed we do but we also have presence around the UK we've got a, our head office is based in, in Northern Ireland that gives us our infrastructure but we have great risk management people we have great employment services people we've got an in-house claims department so our offering is principally the same as a lot larger companies than ourselves but we can just offer it in a more I want to say nimble way. I think we can we can react quite quickly. We've got quite flat structure. We've got a clear vision about where we want to go to. Um, we work together as a family company. The values are kind of built into the people around us. We try to make sure our colleagues feel they're a part of the journey, and and our clients see the the the, the breadth of what we can offer. Another thing we've got Sarah, is an is an MGA. Um, you know we we have our own underwriting arm that supports partner brokers and our clients and. It just shows a diversity of even a small group like like ours that can really offer client and partner solutions across the, across the, across the UK. Yeah, and I think I think it's quite interesting in the market at the moment because you you have the the, the alpha brokers at the top, and then you have a, a tranche of, of consolidation, which is is pulling up those kind of like medium sized brokers, and then you have a a, a raft of dare I say, high street brokers and, and brokers down here. And there is this gap that, you know, especially on the wholesale side, where the, the small brokers don't want to deal with, with the big brokers or the consolidators because they feel as if they may well be lost in the system. They want to have the kind of service that they provide to their clients being provided to them. And I think that's the value that we, we add into the marketplace, is that ability to add that personal service. And also as well to 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 fill filling that gap with expertise. And if you look at you know Mark and myself coming out of big broken houses, we've got Andrew Swan, 
who's on our, our financial line side, again coming out of a big broker, um, we've got the expertise to be able to, to help clients of all, all shapes and sizes, but in a very bespoke way where clients feel valued. There's a, there's a movement and it's global and it's not industry specific. And the movement is, I think, uh, and I'm going to try not to be cliche here because there's a lot of cliche terminology around it, but away from pure transactional services. Mm. And the only way to move from transactional services is if you stop thinking in product lines and insurance and start thinking in terms of business. So as a small business, in my head, I am concerned with this and this and this and this. And maybe only a third of that directly relates to any business risk that I might be facing. But there are absolutely uh, services that complement that. And one of the things we're seeing, um, and we're seeing it a lot actually, we're doing some work with uh, a broker at the moment around uh, coaching their leadership team to coach the execs in every different part of the business to stop thinking within their own product lines and start thinking around the customer. Um, so again, uh, cliche, but customer centric, but yes. at its genuine meaning rather than tick box. So how do we stop thinking in product lines and how do we start thinking broader? Um, so this, this idea of going away from product lines and into, into the business is, is what everybody's saying Yes. But it's actually yeah. not what's being done in many ways. So I'm quite interested to hear that that's part of your um, sort of core start to the to the yeah. you know the business world. Yeah. This is what we want to do. I think it's I think it's really interesting. How do you you guys have come from big corporate backgrounds and you're now uh, in the sort of entrepreneurial. Uh, space and the word that we coined in a podcast last year with Ian um, Lloyd from iPRISM was nimbility, which I think should make its way into the dictionary. <laughs> so like it's a great word, isn't it? I will continue to use it and it will catch on. Um, so what advice do you have to the high street brokers now about how you can get your salespeople out of product thinking and away from this sort of tick box customer centricity idea into actually really understanding the client. How, how do you make that change and what advice would you guys have? I think it, it's, it is a wholesale shift in, in thinking. I think that historically brokers have, exactly as you said, thought along product lines and thought along the, the lines of, right, my client needs a commercial combined policy, my client needs a motor fleet policy. But getting people to think outside of that requires education, um, it requires collaboration in order to do that. And I'll, I'll give you a, an example <coughs> that we are instigating at the moment, we're working with our risk management team that go in and do a physical risk management of a client's premises or their factory or their fleet or whatever. And from our side, we're looking at it from from our perspective and say, well, why don't we do a financial risk management as well? Why don't we look at the financial state of the company, look at what they've got, so whether that is looking at perhaps consolidating bank lines, whether that is looking at their days, uh, day sales outstanding, reducing that, it all ties back in with credit insurance. But again, it's being able to, to provide 
our colleagues, but also as well the high street brokers with the ability and the knowledge to be able to talk with some confidence in front of their, in front of their clients and say, have we thought about this? And indeed, it's about coaching as well. And spending that time and taking some time to go, right, we have a client here. You know, they buy a motor fleet policy from us. So if they've got a motor fleet policy, they must keep their fleet somewhere. If they've, if they've got a motor fleet policy, then they must be selling product because they, they're using the vehicles to ship the product. So do they need goods in transit? Do they need credit insurance? All of these things, it's about, effectively, it's a bit like project management, isn't it, Mark? It's, it's about creating that, that atmosphere where we say, right, okay, let's have a look at the wider business. Let's look outside of that business and what are the factors in that industry or indeed in that supply chain that could actually harm our client's business? And I think that's, that's the wider yeah, thing that I we're trying to look at. There's always going to be the need for a transaction at a certain level. There's, there's always going to be people that want to go for the cheapest price and the bare minimum of cover. That's absolutely fine. I think the difference is now is that one size doesn't necessarily fit all. So if you can actually get to really understand your client, and maybe COVID is a great example of that, none of us saw it coming worldwide, and yet risk management has been sold as a service for 20, 30 years, and no one put that at the top of their risk register, and I guess they all would do that if it happened now, and, and fair is fair. But it's like working with clients, and the first question is, you know, okay then, what keeps you up at night? Yeah. yeah, it may not be insurance. Insurance may be one of the solutions, but it may not may not be. I haven't got enough, you know, EL cover. It may be something very separate to that. And it's really understanding the client and how we can work with the client to help them manage the risks to their business, of which insurance is one solution. And and I think that's where someone like us, um, you know, we have a, a, a based out in Belfast, um, an employment services division. Now. You know, look at you look at a brochure. It's arguably up there and was one of the best I've seen. But but it's not really insurance. It's 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 risk. It's management of people. It's helping businesses with their HR function, how they manage their 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 key resource. And for us to offer that as a service means we have to educate the account execs to say, well, it's not employers' liability insurance. It's a, it, but it is a, a a risk solution to our client base. I think that's fantastic that we can do that. Mm, I think so too, and I, I think there's a confidence issue. I think where um, particularly you've got, um, uh, I mean, I'm 38, right? What I have learnt in the last five years is absolutely, probably more than I ever learnt in my education, uh, uh, all the way up to postgrad, um, and that's because understanding how a business works and understanding how the financials work and understanding yes. how the people work. That's the biggest element in everything. People, yeah. mindsets, habits, feelings, politics, as well as all of the sort of intricacies of HR, of marketing, of sales, of blah, blah, blah. Learning how all of that comes together is not a quick learn. It's not a sit down well, in a lecture and understand for an hour how it works. And that sort of takes experience and confidence and all of that kind of stuff. So I think, it, I think it's really interesting and I think it's quite a hard one to, to build in, in a young generation, but that's where we need to be building it. And it's back to your, your word of nimble, nimblicity or whatever the word you just, you just mentioned. Um, the client that, 
inability. Well, our, our clients, as we know, as anyone who watches, our client base is changing. You know, younger, you know, people that are much more kind of versatile in how they work and, you know, they, they're, they're very mobile and, 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 you know, they need apps, they need technology to support their decision making and <clears throat> the industry is slowly catching up with that now. We do a lot of stuff online um, and maybe the pandemic has brought that, which was inevitable anyway, a bit closer and we're now looking at ways at how we can help our our ever-changing client base to be able to access us at all times, whether it's <clears throat> via human or via via our services online. And, and I know the industry is working towards that. So we're all going through this cultural shift. And you're right, I think we've all learned more in the last five to six years than we learned in the previous 10, because the world has changed so significantly. I think the cultural shift's important. Um, Mark L did a white paper not that long ago which was talking about 99.9%, um, .9%, I can't remember the numbers, but essentially almost all of, of businesses out there are, are in the SME 0 to 5 employees. And that's only yes. going to increase because we're going into uh, sort of a cultural shift which is much more entrepreneurial and away from big corporates. And it's fast and it's nimble and it's um, and it's it almost clears all the bullshit if I'm allowed to say that and I am because it's my podcast uh, it clears all of that sort of that sort of corporate things and, 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 and it's really interesting and I've read several case studies recently about startups in the insurance space and what is so fascinating is the mindset of the people that are starting and it's 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 resilient and it doesn't stop and it just you know here's a hurdle how am I going to overcome it yeah. Um, yeah. and it's and it's quick and it's it's, yeah. it's really interesting and I also think having just said the younger generation understanding about business they've got their own ideas uh, my my nine-year-old started a business in um, in the first lockdown uh, and she she did really well she just said to me one day I'm gonna I'm gonna design t-shirts and I'm gonna sell them wow. uh, so I need you to buy me t-shirts and I need you to buy me this and I'll give you 10% of the business for it and I thought okay and I went up to her bedroom and I found her she's got a whiteboard in her bedroom and she'd done a nine-year-old version of a cash flow forecast if I sell this many t-shirts at this amount this is how much money I'll get and I have to pay mommy back this is how much I'll have to pay her back which means that I can afford my iPad when blah 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 she yeah. hasn't got her iPad yet because she's got uh, no idea how to actually save <laughs> and as soon as any money came in it was gone but the idea was there and that kind of, of mentality is coming and I think it's I, th I think you're right and you know my daughter for example does a similar thing and you know will sell clothes through Depop or through eBay or you know all of these kind of things and it, it's all about the marketing and it's all about the selling at the right price and finding you know the price that will sell and how it's presented and online and she'll get you know and um, obviously paid for that and I think this is it I think you're, you're right it's about we come back to let's find a solution and as a broker, we need to find, yes, we need to find insurance solutions, but we need to find insurance solutions for the one-man band all the way up to the global corporate. And they will all face the same problems, but they all need a different solution for the same problem. And that's our, our job. And I think as well, when you sit down with a client and you start talking to the client about their business, you know, very rarely do you sort of, we talk about insurance, but they go, you know what, I'm, I'm struggling, you know, to, to find a decent accountant or I'm struggling to find you know uh, 
finance or you know oh I'm having a hell of a trouble with with our you know logistics company whatever it is and if we can sit there and go well you know what we've got a client that might be able to help you with that it's about being able to provide that solution and dare I say that kind of cross-pollination to be able to say well look here's here's a list of, of people that we know that we deal with you might want to give one of them a call and it's, a, it's, you know, I think that the days of an insurance broker just selling insurance policies is long gone. And I think it is the employment services, it is the risk management, it is being able to sit down and say, as Mark was saying earlier, no, what wakes you up at two o'clock on a Monday morning? You know, it, it's, it might be something, it might be, you know, oh, well, I need to find bigger premises, or I need to do this, or, you know, we need to, to sort... You know, we've got an employment issue we need to sort out. And it's about being able to provide a business service rather than just an insurance service. And I think that's where we kind of fit fit into that gap. It's a trusted advisor status, which everyone strives to, strives to be. Are you going to be one of the first three people that your client calls in the event of a problem? And that's really where we need to be. And, you know, we need to, as you quite rightly said, we need to train our account servicing teams who are already very good at what they do, they're experienced, they're compliant, and they're really, really um, energized about where we want to try and be. But from us, I mean, I'm, I'm 55 nearly, and I'm still learning, because I, I work with some much younger people who, who have different working patterns to what I've been used to, they want different things out of their world, and you know, our job is to make sure that we take our, take our, co our colleagues with us on where we want to want to go and, and help them achieve what their ambitions are, which are probably slightly different to what mine were when I, when I was their age. So we're all learning different things, but I think we all want the same thing. Anyone who works in the company knows that the client is absolutely key to, to our success and we want to work together to, 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 to make success for everybody. And I think as well, I'll give you an example. I, I was talking to Richard Willis yesterday evening and we were talking about something because he's going to see a client. Um, you know, he's taking, he's, you know, he's the CEO of the company and there's very rarely does a CEO go, right, I want to get, you know, involved with the clients um, to such a degree that Richard does. And he's, you know, prepping for the meeting. What else, what else can we provide them? You know, what else can we do? This is, a, you know, this is an issue we think might arise. Have we got a solution? Um, yes, we have got a solution. In fact, we've got several solutions that we can look at. And that's, you know, that's the kind of difference that we've, we've got is, is a straight line through. And I think that's, that's the key. It comes back to nimbility. Um, it's catching on. Catching on. It's the catching title on. of this podcast is going to be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Void with nimbility. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. There, there it, is. it is. Well, I think that, that's the difference. That is the difference. And, you know, and we, we can we can we can be really nimble and we can be quick and we can be efficient um, and I think that's what people want now I have a, a question and I'm going to try and ask it in a very um, uh, bland way but given who I am and what I do it can't possibly be bland. <laughs> uh, something you mentioned a moment ago was the importance of marketing and education now those two words together have some very significant meaning in terms of what we do and how we do it and what we believe and what we do with our clients. What that meaning is, I'm gonna stay agnostic on, 
Tell me what your thoughts are on the importance for a broker such as yourselves or high street brokers, smaller brokers that haven't got massive marketing budgets and teams coming out their ears. What's the importance? Do you think it is important or not? Absolutely. I mean, marketing is very important and I think it's it's very easy to to market yourselves and say, hi, we're an insurance broker, we're great, come and talk to us. If you can market with education and being able to say, this is why we feel we're, we're, we're the best at what we do, and you can provide that education as well. It's selling through education, but marketing as well is extraordinarily important. And I think there's so many different channels with which you can market now whether that is LinkedIn, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Facebook, whatever it is, whether it's doing podcasts as well. And it's different channels and it's the different channels reach different people. Um, and I think it's, it's the way in which you market yourself is vitally important. But for me personally, it's about being able to market to someone on an educational level that says, you know, we know what we're talking about. We know, you know, what we do. Um, and these, this is an example of how we can do that. And our people are our, our best ways of marketing. Yeah. You know, we have our people that work in the community. We have our people whose clients live in the same community, slightly different in London, I know, but you know, from our other offerings, um, you know, these people see their clients at the weekend and in the shops and in restaurants and stuff. And it's important that you know, we recognize that our people are also you know, our shop window. Um, yes, of course, we've got the, the, the IT marketing and stuff, but I think at the end of the day, the name's the name's the name, but actually it's the values and what the people can share when they go out and, and talk about our business. And, you know, at the end of the day, a buyer, you know, not necessarily buys for the name, it buys for the person and what the product is that supports that. Yeah. And that's really important. And I think, you know, insurance is still a people industry. People will buy from people that they like and they trust. Um, and, and and again, as Mark was saying, it's you know if we can market ourselves as individuals and as a company and as a as, a, as teams and whatever, then you know that's that is the way forward. I think you're absolutely right, and I think the education piece is is really critical. Um, so on that note, um, wholesale as as a wholesale broker, what is it? Uh, and, and maybe be specific to some product lines, if, if, if that's helpful. But how can you solve a problem that a retail broker is having right now in a particular product line? This is your pitch. Go. <laughs> I think for me personally, I think that um, credit insurance is a very, um, it's, it's a specialist field. Um, I don't think that, and I'm being very generalistic here, so my apologies um, to those that do, but general sort of high, dare I say high street brokers or regional brokers, don't have access to, to a trade credit um, solution. They may well go to an insurer direct, but you're just dealing with one insurer. We're able to be able to support their business and say, well, you've got a client that manufactures something or they provide a service, they're selling that to another business. We can help you protect that income that's coming in and working alongside them. It provides them with another solution. And I think that's, that's the key is to be able to go to the brokers and say we can provide you with a solution that will help your client um, and it's something that you may well not have thought about or you may well have thought about and thought well we we just pass that over to an insurer 
they deal with it directly and and that's it and that's fine you're providing them with a solution but what you're not doing is you're not providing them with with a broad you know spectrum of possible other solutions um, with a broker that has the expertise to sit down in partnership with that broker and the client it's a tripartite relationship and say right let's have a look at the business perhaps what you've got at the moment isn't quite fit for purpose or we can provide something that's a bit more bespoke um, and that's that's the difference that we add to them we're providing outlets for them that perhaps they haven't thought about before um, or perhaps their their client does but doesn't tell their broker that they they do that because they think their broker just does we come back to the product line, just does commercial combined or just does the motor fleet um, for example and I think it's about being able to educate them and say look there's a wider market here we can help you with this and this is this is a key kind of product and that that's just from my yeah, point of view. I mean, <clears throat> on the softer side you know our retail brokers that use our, our wholesale proposition are our clients yeah. and we look after our clients in the same way as we look after our own retail clients so we try to deliver the best individual solution to them not one size fits all what's the issue how can we help you can we give you access to the wider market better wordings can, how can we add that little bit of value that keeps your client and i think really importantly our, our, our retail brokers clients are their clients so they don't have to worry that we're going to go in the back door and try and make them our retail client because we work in a very very professional way so um, so that's how we, we, we have a good relationship with our retail brokers because they know we're there to help them. They're our client, we'll look after them and their client stays their client. Fabulous and if you're happy I'll put both of your contact details in the show notes so if there are any brokers listening that think it might be worth having a conversation, trade credit or broader, then to pick up the phone or email and have a chat. Absolutely. So thank you both very, very much. That was really interesting and I appreciate your time. Thanks very much. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you have enjoyed what you have heard, have any questions or feedback, please leave us a review and we will be sure to get back to you. If you would like further information on how Boston Tullus Group can support your business, or if you would like to join us on an episode, please do not hesitate to contact us.